Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Rejoice. The NBA is back tonight, and so are the Pelicans. Happy to welcome in our favorite NBA writer covering the Pels, Ali Cosell. How you did over the break, Ali? Hey, Steve, I'm doing well. Yeah, it was a nice little break, but now guess what we get? Five games in seven days, right? <laughs> Yikes. So let's see if the Pelicans can find that form that we saw, right, go into the break with. Uh, saw definitely that Brandon Ingram, obviously sick, not going to be able to play in tonight's yeah. game. Any word on his status moving forward, though? Uh, we don't know yet for tomorrow. Willie Green left that as an open-ended question. Okay. It's really just going to come down to how B.I. is feeling, right? But I'll tell you what, I know that the Pelicans got hit with something over the All-Star break where you could tell several of them picked up something, including Willie Green. So I'm hoping that they're on the other side. So maybe there's a good – I don't know. I'm going to say there's a decent chance we may see B.I. tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Uh, looking at this Pelicans team, obviously game number one back from the break tonight against the Houston Rockets, a team they had troubles with with the first two matchups, were able to take the third one. How do they cinch up this fourth one to end up uh, evening things up in the series? Yeah, you know Ime Yudoka, defensive-oriented. <laughs> We've already seen three matchups, three low-scoring affairs. But Houston doesn't play, I think, as tough or as well as they were early in the year, right? That's where the Pelicans suffered those two uh, losses. Houston's really falling off a cliff. I, I want to say after about, what, maybe the middle of December on, but especially these last 17 games. I think they're 5-12 and 12 and just generally haven't looked good, and they can't win close games. So for the Pelicans, I know they'll be without B.I., but look, stick to what you do defensively. Make them shoot really tough shots like they did in the last game. And then, of course, have that offense go through Zion, right, that new point Zion look. But I know we're going to get to see Trey Murphy play extended minutes. Hopefully we'll get to see some Jordan Hawkins too, so – you're going to hope that maybe the outside shooting will create those openings for Zion and Jonas to operate on the inside to where they distinctly have an advantage. Ali, there's been criticism about the Pelicans' two stars and how they play better without the other one on the floor. And we saw Zion Williamson go for 36 with Brandon Ingram playing in that game against uh, the the Wizards. And we needed all 36 points of it because of how Denny Avia played that game. But that's besides the point. Zion Williamson tonight without Brandon Ingram on the floor. I mean, he's coming off a great game against the Wizards. I know it's been a week-long break heading into this Rockets matchup. But what are your kind of expectations for him? Because if you're looking at the Rockets, they don't have a real true rim protector. I would say Alperin Sengun is a great offensive player, but he's I kind of view him the same way that I would view like a Jonas Valanciunas, uh, where they're not great defensive bigs. Uh, and Zion can definitely attack the paint tonight. Yeah, I asked Willie about Zion actually in pregame, and I was curious to get his thoughts on how much does he compare to the guy we saw last year, right? In December, when he was having those MVP kind of talks surrounding him because he was playing the best ball of his career. And Willie Green seems to think, yeah, this is he's getting real close, right, to where this last three to five weeks has easily been his best stretch of the season. So he's trending upwards, Zion told us after his last game, the win over the Wizards uh, right before the All-Star break, that he's at about 93%. So when you combine that with the fact that the numbers are looking really good, I don't know if you guys look at any kind of numbers, but for the month of February, he's playing the most minutes, right? So all of a sudden his minutes is up, but also his production's up. And even his free throw percentage, he's, set up, he's on a pace to set his best uh, shooting percentage, uh, free throw shooting percentage for a month in his career. 
So everything's really, like I said, trending up to where I think we're going to see the best of Zion provided, right? Of course, he stays healthy moving forward. But, yeah, he's a guy that's capable to carry this team pretty much the rest of the way if he's going to shoot truly stay with this all-star form, which I think we, he is. Ali, looking at the matchup against the Rockets, you kind of mentioned when we talked to you a couple weeks ago when they played them at the end of January, you know, when we were pre- previewing that game, you had lost two games by combined four points, and they were both heartbreakers, similar to what happened with the Grizzlies. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go out and win by 11 points. It's a convincing victory over the Rockets in your last matchup. The Rockets play better at home as well, but they've also fallen off, like you were saying, since their kind of hot start to the season. This should be a game where the Pelicans take care of business, but recently they've struggled against some of those teams near the bottom of the conferences. Uh, granted, they, they're pulling out wins, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I feel like they entered the break, honestly, just tired. Because we saw in pretty much all those games where they played some really good basketball, right? But then, of course, they just let go of the rope in a sense to where it was both focused and physical to me. It just kind of fell off to where for a quarter. I mean, I won't forget that Memphis game, right? Fourth quarter of the final, what was it? Ugly. For Memphis, 10 for the Pelicans. So that's something you never see in the NBA. And, of course, like I said, it happened three straight times to them to where, like I said, they just couldn't do it for – bring it. 48 minutes so I think that should be behind them eight days rest for NBA players is is honestly probably like two to weeks maybe three for anybody else a regular person so expect their legs to be back I think that focus is going to be there I mean I don't think I've ever seen Zion this excited and it really does it permeates through the rest of the roster because I mean everybody gets up for it even CJ you could tell this is the time of year where you start right getting those juices flowing because the playoffs are just around the corner I think they'll be fine, and I think that's why they'll take care of Houston tonight because they want to set a tone coming out. And when you've got Zion playing his best ball, and I think I know that B.I. isn't playing tonight, but I feel like even that starting lineup was starting to make some incremental improvement, right? That's the thing that we've lamented. But I want to watch the third quarter. That's going to tell you everything. If they can come out of halftime, because that's been the biggest struggle point for this entire team, whether it's been Jonas or Larry Nance starting out of halftime, but if they can come out of this third quarter and not let Houston all of a sudden not score them by 10 points or something like that, they'll be fine. You're looking at this team, obviously, tomorrow night you have the Miami Heat coming in. Uh, what do you expect in that matchup? Uh, a tough team coming from the West uh, visiting New Orleans. Yeah, how tough is it to face on back-to-back nights Houston and Miami, right? Two coaches that implore physicality, defense, right? That dogged determination where you just don't give up a single possession. So it'll be a test, but I'm saying, well, I think Miami is not coming in at full strength. I mean, I'm not sure if Jimmy Butler is going to play. He's missed so much time. And that's the biggest key for the Pelicans moving forward. A lot of these teams, especially from the Eastern Conference, they're all battling through injury. I know New York's around the corner. They're probably not going to have Randall back yet, maybe even Ananobi and a few others. And then there's Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton nursing a hamstring. So while on paper it seems like a tougher matchup, I think a lot of these teams will be without a key guy or two, so that's going to be really beneficial, like Miami tomorrow. I just don't expect they'll have their full squad. So all that, as we know, right, because usually the Pelicans are the team missing a key guy or two, that really hurts. Yeah, another team that they have on the schedule coming up next Tuesday, the Knicks, they're another team that's not at full strength. OG Ananobi, Julius Randle, both dealing with injuries. I mean, I'm looking a little bit past the Bulls. I know that matchup on Sunday but if you're looking at this four-game stretch, just at a glance, I guess you can add the first game against the Pacers because, as you said earlier, five games in seven days. Uh, what's your expectation for this run for the Pelicans? Are you looking at three and two, maybe four and one in this stretch, just given the level of competition and the, the good teams that you really are playing are dealing with some injury issues? 
Yeah, you hope for three and two. You hope almost any kind of stretch or segment you take. If this team really wants to make a run for 50 wins, which I think everybody by now should feel like they're at least really capable of, that you've got to do that, right? You've got to take more games than you lose. So three and two seems very doable. You get this one against Houston, then um, then I know you've got that tough any any game tough on the road, but you've got to take two of these three at home, and then you just got to pick up one on the road. So. Yeah, get through three, or excuse me, get through these seven days with three wins out of five. I think they'll take it. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they go four and one. I really think they're going to be playing that well um, coming out of this break. Like I said, I, I sense something in the last two days of practice that gives me the vibe that they're energetic, they're all together, right, because we've seen them be together. But they're all, there's like a, a le- higher level that they've reached mentally, right, where they understand what they need to do. It's something that this team I've never felt really from before especially the younger guys. I think Zion has finally figured some things out, and I think we're going to begin to see it starting tonight. Ollie, you mentioned the vibe, the buzz. Are you seeing or feeling that, I guess I should say, from the fan base? Because more and more I'm hearing folks talking about the Pelicans and not just about uh, the cool uniforms or anything like that, the actual play on the court. And really people uh, have, I feel like, surging now to support this team in this final stretch. Absolutely. I was walking through uh, during the All-Star break through Tulane campus with my two dogs uh, around Audubon Park as well. I got stopped by one of the kids there. Um, he was celebrating, you know, some time off during Mardi Gras. And um, look, he stopped me because I was wearing a Pelicans t-shirt saying, CJ McCollum, check him out the other night. He didn't even start talking about BIRZ. That's a typical response. But he brought up CJ first to me. So, yeah, I get the sense that this city, this fan base, even got people that are just here for school but largely live out of town are talking about this team. So it's an exciting time. Pelicans have only been in the playoffs, what, just a handful of times, two times in the last 10 years. Uh, so, yeah, the, 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 or it's going to be almost 10 years. Anyways, three times. <laughs> 10 years. You guys understand what I'm saying. It's been infrequent. So, yeah, they're headed that way. Everything looks good. And this team's exciting. Ali, one of those players that I think we've talked about with you before about in the stretch run is going to be so important to this team, and he actually made a really good performance in March and April last year, and that's what made us think he's so untouchable as a, as a player on this roster is Trey Murphy, and he's been off to a, a slow start. He's shooting career lows in field goal percentage, uh, three points percentage, I didn't even think free throw percentage as well. But if you're looking at him as a guy that could help this team down the stretch, I think he's a name to watch based off of what he did in you know last March and April where he made that run uh, to help the Pelicans get into the play-in tournament. Yeah, I think he probably might have worked the hardest over the break. I kind of heard some rumors about him honestly not being happy. And why should it be? He holds himself to a high standard about his play, right, over the last, you know, what, five, six weeks has been very inconsistent. I knew he had a good game against Portland up there uh, when they did beat the Trailblazers at their place. But largely than that, it's been kind of too infrequent, right, where he's had some good, good games. So what I found interesting in practice was he's actually practicing his threes from right at the line, right? It looks like he's he's smartly going to look for something that's in a little bit closer, right? Because we know he's got range. And he's got confidence in that shot from pretty much, what, out to 30 or so feet. But – I like seeing that he was really working on just like those 23-footers. So it, it tells me that he's got a firm focus. Let's do one step at a time. Let's at least nail this before I start reaching for more, right, more in terms of being able to shoot from further back. So I think he's, he's going to come out guns a-blazing tonight. I really hope we can see it. 
because then, of course, that paves the way. you got 27 more games. Get him ramped up, and all of a sudden you're going to be in in the playoffs as one of the most fearsome, I think, six men in the league if, like I said, he finds that switch for that three-point shot. I just want to see what we were seeing at the end of last year where the guy was putting up 20 points a game. I mean, he was shooting the lights out, as you were saying, Ali, and we know that he has the capability to do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of a confidence thing at this point. I know he's coming back from the injury, and he's been a little bit inconsistent this year. But once he finds that stroke, you've mentioned it on the show, that he's a great shooter. He's not like a good shooter. He's a legitimately great NBA shooter. He just needs to see it go in. And once he does, I think he'll start just knocking him down consistently. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you could tell during this stretch, he's almost looked confounded when you look at his face sometimes by how he's missed. But I know that of late that his misses were getting better. And he always tells us, if I'm just missing short or long, that means I'm really close. And that's why I've noticed, I swear, earlier, yeah, he was missing left, right. You know, it was all over the map. But his misses have gotten better. And like I say, he had that good game against Portland. And now he had eight days just to probably shoot. What was it? These guys like to shoot over 1,000 shots a day. Maybe say, let's say 10,000 shots. Yeah, I think we're going to see him turn that switch on very soon. Ollie, looking at the roster, a guy like Dyson Daniels obviously out right now. Do we expect him back before the postseason, or are we lucky if we, we get him back for the playoffs? Yeah, right now it's a total toss-up, right? Pelicans announced right after the surgery it would be about four weeks before another real evaluation could be done to determine a timetable. But I tell you what, when you look at what other players have suffered similar injuries, it usually takes them a minimum, right, of six to eight weeks, and that will put him right towards the end of the season, maybe that week off if the Pelicans don't have to go through the playing tournament. So I don't know. I don't like, honestly, the odds that we'll see him again this season. But i got my fingers crossed. Maybe he's a fast healer, and, uh, hey, he can get into the last week of the season, and, of course, you can have him for the playoffs. But like I said, you have to be hopeful for that because it doesn't sound all too promising. Yeah, we'll definitely miss that D. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, he's Herb Jones's backup, I feel like. Willie Green was slow with when Herb gets in a foul trouble or misses a game. He's got Dyson, who you literally don't lose almost anything with defensively, right? Because he's just that good. And now he's probably not going to have that luxury, so it hurts. Yeah, I mean, no Dyson Daniels, Ali, and then no Brandon Ingram tonight. For this matchup against the Rockets, we listened to Jordan Hawkins' audio earlier on in the show. Are we going to see some Hawkins minutes tonight? It <laughs> seems like crossed. he just can't. Because Willie said that he was going to shorten the rotation once it was announced mm-hmm. that Dyson was injured. And, I mean, he has, and Hawkins has been picking up DMPs for the past couple games. I mean, are we going to see Hawkins minutes tonight? I think we will. On top of missing two guys that were ahead of him, I can't think of anybody else that would be. I mean, I, I can't imagine Matt Ryan jumping in ahead of Hawk. So, I think Hawk would be the ninth guy. And I saw him yesterday after practice working specifically with the guys that typically play and Willie Green was running the unit, right? Normally it's assistant coaches or player development coaches when they're just guys getting work in. But the fact Willie was handling it makes me think we're going to see Jordan play. And then final question about the Rockets tonight, Ali. I know that the first three matchups, two of the uh, games you've seen, Jalen Green be the leading scorer for the Rockets. The other one, Alperen Shingoon, went absolutely crazy with 37 points. I mean, mm-hmm. what is the one player on this Rockets squad that you think uh, or concerned with that could potentially go off and help the Rockets pick up a win in the Smoothie King Center? I'm afraid of Fred Van Fleet. I feel like Sangoon, yeah, he's, he's tough. He hasn't been playing as well as he was earlier in the year, right? As you mentioned, that 37-point performance. But Fred Van Fleet's always a guy that's just feisty, and he'll lift up the spirit of the rest of the guys by how he plays. And, of course, he's good at setting up. So Dylan Brooks is not a good three-point shooter, but when he's getting wide-open ones from Fred's passes 
and like a Jabari Smith, that's what hurts. So, yeah, Fred Van Fleet, he's the one that scares me because he, he's kind of that engine that was really igniting them to start the year, right, those first couple of months. And now he's back. He's playing tonight. That's, that's the one you got to be afraid of. Ali, always appreciate the time. Thank you. Enjoy the game tonight. Be talking to you soon. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Ali. Ali Cosell, credentialed NBA writer that covers the Pels. Always great information from him.